I'm Dr. Nathan, and today on Vet Talk, we're going to talk about veterinary emergencies. I think this is a really interesting discussion, um, and I'm going to talk about really the hardest decision I've made in my practice career so far. So there are emergency vets, uh, like those in the critical care that work uh, in the small animal emergency clinic or large animal emergency clinic, like you see on TV shows with all the critical cases coming in. That's never been me. Sure, I handle whatever case comes during the day, but I don't like working the overnight shift. I have, and I don't thrive on the environment in those hospitals. It's not how I function. I'm more laid back. And this discussion isn't about the big veterinary emergency hospitals. This is about the solo practitioners out there, or the small one to two vet practices. When I opened my ambulatory practice in 2020, emergencies to me were large animal emergencies after hours or on nights and weekends. I decided after working my normal hours through the day, I would leave my phone on at night so if someone had an emergency at 2 a.m., they could call. I was, at the time, primarily thinking this would be horses and cows and goats. What I was saying was I was there for people if they needed me. If it was Christmas and their horse was colicking, I was there. It was a conscious decision and one I decided on because I was like, I don't have to do this, but I think it is a benefit to clients and something my business can advertise doing. At the time, more vets offered after-hour care. It was the standard. I also had a respected human doctor and some respected veterinarians tell me if I saw after-hour emergencies, I would gain clients for life because of the loyalty gained from helping someone in their time of need. So there we go. I offered emergency services after hours. When I was doing my research on whether I should start a clinic, I had multiple horse people in the community tell me they desperately needed a vet. There were not enough in the area. I didn't inquire enough at this statement, but we will get to more on that part later. <laughs> oh my gosh, have I seen some things and done some things. I've helped a lot of people and earned a lot of respect and some clients. Again, we'll talk about the loyalty part later too. I'm not sure how many horse lacerations, cow dissociations, and prolapses I saw. I remember one night the emergencies were stacked on top of each other. Cow dystocia, cow dystocia, prolapse. One night uh, I went out to a colic. It was negative 17 outside. My breath and water on the nasogastric tubes were freezing faster than I could work on the horse. Another time... I think it was only negative nine. I remember stripping down to just my jeans. And once down to my jeans, I waded into a pile of manure and blood six or eight inches deep to birth the calf. Oh yeah, the cow was down, so I had to basically swim to the calf through the manure and the blood. Let's see. Ah, the horse with multiple holes in its skull was a cool one. Oh yes, perhaps my favorite. I did colic surgery in a barn with no electricity. That horse lived, so I'm sort of proud of that one. But yeah, I've seen some doozies over the years and feel very good about the hard work I've put in. I was able to gain a lot of experience and become confident at, in my skills as a veterinarian. It worked well for my clients and for myself. 
As my ambulatory practice grew, I kept having people tell me they needed their small animals worked on and how grateful people were that I saw their horses and cows in the middle of the night. Eventually, I started adding small animal emergencies to what I saw, especially when I got my brick and mortar clinic. But I also began to notice something else after four or five years of work. And before I go on, in case my loyal clients are listening, I earned some very loyal clients from my work, just like I was told would happen. But it wasn't many. Of the potential clients I interviewed before I started my business, I reached back out to them and said, Hey, have you not needed my services yet? It's been a few years. And they were like, uh, no, no, we already have a primary vet. We needed you as a backup for when they were out of town. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Uh, that's fine. I had misunderstood. There were about 18 or so large animal vets in my region, many in solo or small practices, and clients knew that their vets in those small practices weren't always available. So they wanted someone they could call in those cases of non-availability of their primary vet. That's cool. I was still growing my business. But I was noticing something else. The calls I was getting. One Christmas night, I went out to suture up a horse laceration. I told them I hadn't seen them in a few years, so they must be out of date on their vaccines. Oh no, we are good. We go to Lexington for our normal work. Uh, I was a little confused, so I asked, Why didn't you go down to your regular Lexington vet for this? Oh, well, it's Christmas, and I want to spend some time with my family, and Lexington is an hour and a half away. As soon as you're done here, I can walk back inside to my family. Having left a Christmas party myself, I was a little downtrodden. I was noticing this a lot. While I had emergencies for my clients, I had a large percentage of emergencies for convenience. And then I wasn't gaining them as clients afterwards. But I was tired afterwards the next day for my loyal clients. As a client, you're probably saying, yeah, yeah, you should do this. That was, is what James Harriet did, and that's what vets do. That's your job, and we need you in our times of need. Our animals need you. That is what you signed up for. And that is true. I started offering such services. But I had to keep an eye on these services. In my mind, emergency services were a way to earn clients and a service offered to loyal clients. I never set out to be an emergency-only clinic. Sadly, as valuable as it was, emergencies only did not pay the bills. And while I kept offering the services, it was frustrating to watch other veterinarians who got the easy daytime work while I got called at odd hours. From 2010 to 2022, I saw after-hour emergencies. Well, and daytime emergencies, too. But I realized the world was changing, so how was I going to adapt? How long could I see emergencies on my own pretty much 24-7? And should I do this? So this is where we start our discussion of our journey of how I came to the decision to stop seeing after-hour emergencies. Or stop having a phone on all night for people to get a hold of me. I hope for clients it is an explanation of the catch-22 society has gotten itself in, and I hope for veterinarians it's a way for them to see options out there of how to proceed. 
Maybe this will help clients and vets help generate an idea for fixing this problem we seem to be in. Our natural response as vets and owners is to meet the needs of the animal. However, is it practical or fair to not update practice protocols to adapt to the environment of, 20, of the 2020s versus the 2000s or 1990s? And what is that environment? One thing I want to touch on is transactional purchases. At Walmart, you go in and buy a product and leave. It's done. This is completely normal. And that is how many people view veterinary medicine. This is where that human doctor and vets that told me I'd gain loyalty from clients and grow my client base was completely wrong. I think 30 or 40 years ago they were correct. You saw emergencies, those clients stuck with you. But in today's society that has changed. As a veterinarian I don't feel I have loyalty. The majority are not staying with me because I helped them in their emergency. Especially in the last few years, I have noticed a lot of people tell me, Thanks, Doc. You're the best. You helped me realize this Sunday that I can wait until tomorrow to bring the patient in. I'll tell my regular Doc, who is enjoying his afternoon off, how great you are when I get to see him tomorrow. Wait, wait, wait. No, I, I meant come see me. Or, Wow, you suits are really great. I'll go follow up with my doctor who doesn't see emergencies for everything else he recommended. Uh, I'm, I'm like, no, no, no. I saw you to get you to come to me. I'm a solo practitioner. I'm not operating an emergency clinic. I just see emergencies. I wanted to gain clients and serve existing clients and their emergencies. Clients and not unfairly, just wanted their emergency taken care of in the moment and found a service offered. I offered emergency services, and they expected an emergency clinic which just takes care of an animal and sends it back to the regular vet, which is completely fine. There are many clinics out there which that is their business model, but solo practitioners are sitting here thinking, why are we seeing after-hours emergencies and not gaining clients? When there are emergency and urgent care clinics to take care of that. Another interesting thing I noticed was client perception. I had a specialist call me once and ask me about the case I referred. Normally you send us horses that are so challenging we can't figure them out. Why did you send us this laceration? You could have sutured it up in five minutes. Um, I was not aware I had sent them a laceration. The client had evaluated the wound and thought it so horrible it had to go to a specialist. They bypassed me and went straight on, which is completely fine. I got to stay in at night, the horse was cared for, and life goes on. But that was not an isolated incident. I started noticing the clients didn't trust my judgment. If they did something bad, they went somewhere else. If they deemed it insignificant, they would call me out for things that likely could wait until morning. Which, again, not wrong. You can go where you want for what you want. But a toll was being taken on me. I was going out late at night for people that used me every few years for the convenience and for many emergencies that maybe were not emergencies. What I noticed over the 12 years of my emergency work was I was working for loyalty and long-term clientele, 
while my clients were working for immediate results and convenience. Neither is wrong, but the two mindsets may not work together. If my mindset was to gain clients from my hard work and being on call, willing to interrupt my personal time, I was constantly failing. The clients were winning. They were meeting with their success of the moment. But even when I saved the animal, I was walking away having lost my goal of gaining clients. So I started wondering, should I change my perspective? The clients were getting more transactional between 2010 and 2022, and I wasn't budging on my trying to gain loyalty. They weren't hurting, but I was. So what was I seeing from my colleagues? As I said, at the start of my career, it was common for clinics to see after-hour emergencies. But as always, I keep an eye on other clinics. One vet asked me how I had seen after-hour emergencies for so long. I said, I sort of just trudged along, keep my eyes focused ahead of me, and put my feet one foot in front of the other. He was amazed either at my perseverance or my stupidity. He had stopped seeing after-hour emergencies long ago as a solo practitioner. Many of my classmates had stopped seeing after-hour emergencies working in small animal, where they could refer to a local emergency clinic. They all felt they were referring their patients to reliable professionals who would take care of their patients and get the patients back to them in the morning. I even noticed a practice north of me. It was a small animal, but a multi-doctor practice, usually having around five to seven vets, all of which who could share emergency shifts. And they stopped seeing emergencies after hours. Then the equine practice, which I referred animals to when it was truly above my capabilities, stopped seeing after-hour emergencies. This was a multi-clinic, multi-doctor practice in Lexington, which decided to stop accepting emergencies after normal operating hours. What the crap was I doing as a single practitioner still working all these hours? Why was I on call? In my head I'm thinking it's for the animals and what I discussed above. In a true emergency, I walked away very fulfilled after helping an animal, but the true emergencies were minimal. I'm a business owner, so I started asking myself, what about the finances and helping as many animals as possible? So let's go over some numbers. Roughly, over the years, I remember seeing about 50 farm call emergencies a year. The number varied some. When I made less money because I had less clients, this certainly helped with the finances. And I have no way of knowing how well my business would have grown not seeing emergencies. So I don't look at seeing emergencies as a bad thing in my past. I just began wondering if it was something I should continue. But what did my emergency work look like 12 years after I'd started my business? In 2022, I grossed $19,647 from after-hour emergency work, roughly 20 k This was from a total of 40 ERs and amounted to 3.1% of my gross income. In previous episodes, I have mentioned that anything under 10% of the business for me was something that I did not need to continue. Repeatedly, I have found that when I eliminate those things, my business nor my sanity has been hurt. Seeing this number made me start thinking, do I need to continue this service? How much work was I doing? 
The year before, in 2021, I had seen 48 after-hour emergencies. In 2022, my practice grew by 11%, and for years before that, my practice grew about 21% a year. So why were my emergencies staying the same? Shouldn't they grow at the same rate at the clinic? Well, for that, we turned to my staff and daytime emergencies. With staff, I could see more appointments. From 2019 to 2021, I was hiring and training a full office staff and had a part-time tech. In 2022, I hired a full-time technician. I was growing but able to see more because of being in a building versus a truck and having the staff to help me. Even though I was growing, less things had to come in on emergency because they could be seen as a regular appointment. At my clinic, with a tech and an assistant and receptionist, I could just work faster. Let's take a look at another number. Daytime emergencies. Things that need to come in during the day to interrupt my regular appointments when I had no open appointments for sick things. Things that couldn't wait. That number in 2021 was 127 and 118 in 2022. Again, that drop I can attribute to 2022 is when I hired a full-time technician and we saw that many more appointments and didn't have to classify or charge the client for an emergency because we just got the emergency in as a regular appointment. How I managed my schedule for weekend emergencies was also helpful to clients. Monday, I blocked off 9 to 10 for the weekend emergencies that didn't really need to be seen on emergency but needed to get into the clinic soon. So for those people that called me on Sunday and their animal needed seen urgently but not really seen over the weekend, I would tell them to come in at 9 a.m. on Monday since I already knew my staff had blocked off time for them and didn't schedule other appointments then. This helped me save time on the weekends, help clients save some money, and didn't destroy my schedule on Monday before I got to work. And as we all know, Mondays can be hectic. So we are seeing the sick animals, just more efficiently. So as a vet, my burning desire to help animals in their time of need was pretty well satiated. I was helping more and helping them better than ever before. With the clinic growth, we kept the after-hour emergencies down by working harder during the day. But I was more tired at night because we saw more during the day, which made any after-hour emergencies that much more challenging to recover from. But we're talking about the finances here. So would I lose some money not seeing emergencies? How would I make that up? Well, that answer came pretty easily. If I stopped seeing after-hour emergencies, I would open that slot on Monday morning for appointments. Calculating in the amount of money I would make at an appointment by scheduling in Mondays, I would theoretically make up 17 of the 19000 I had made on emergencies. So financially, I would lose $2,000, but get my evenings and weekends back? which in my post-graduation life, I only had for like five months. I still don't always know what to do with my weekends and nights back now that I have them. So financially, it didn't make sense to keep seeing emergencies. And I wasn't meeting my goals. Sure, I was growing as a practice, 
but seeing the after-hour emergencies weren't contributing to most of my practice growth, and I was helping more animals than before. And as we discussed, I wasn't gaining clients by seeing those emergencies. People call and get the first vet they can, not necessarily their primary vet when their animal is sick. And since I was getting so many more patients in during a day, I was more likely to be the first person to get them in. So the case for keeping my phone on all night was shaky at best. But let me tell you, it's hard for a vet to stop offering emergency service after hours. We have this need to help. I know it's stupid, but it's not just that we are helping more animals. We want to help them whenever they need help. In 2022, there were 40 cases in the middle of the night that needed my help. What would they do? Well, we'll stop here for today, and then the next episode we'll talk about a compromise I came up handling emergencies and the mental toll emergencies take on vets. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. I hope our discussions are valuable to you and aid in giving perspective. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud. If you find this information helpful and want more content, please join our Patreon, patreon.com slash theveterinarypodcast. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theveterinarypodcast. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. If you do find it helpful, please like it, share it, so other people may find it helpful as well.